All right, let's open with prayer. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for every, everything that you've done for us, Lord, that you can make us get a fresh view on life and that you give us a new start. We ask that you be with us as we look at this chapter and, and talk and through this and go and see what you'd have us to learn from this time. In your son's name, amen. All right, chapter 10. This is called the Table of Nations, and we're going to spend a long the service on, on this. Uh, I hope it's not overly boring. It's very academic. It's very, very uh, knowledgeable. Uh, I even bought this really cute mouse, uh, pointer, pointer mouse. Uh, it was in the pet store, pet section of the store. It was the only one I could find for a laser, so I can point to what we're going to be looking at. Uh, so let's read chapter 10, or I will read it. You probably will get bored with it, but uh, here we go. Now these are the generations of the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and all... And unto them were born, or sons born after the flood. The sons of Japheth, Gomer, and Magog, and Mediah, and Javan, and Tubal, and Meshech, and Tyras. And the sons of Gomer, Askeldaz, and Riphath, and Togarmoth. And the sons of Javan, Elisha, and Tarshish, and Kittrim, and Dodadim. By these were the islands of the Gentiles divided into the lands, every one after his tongue, after their family and their nations. And the sons of Ham, Cush and Mizraim, and Phut and Canaan, and the sons of Cush, Seba, Habilah, Sapta, Ramath, Saptika, and the sons of Ramatha, Sheba and Ditan, and Cush begat Nimrod, who, and he became a mighty one in the earth. He was a mighty hunter before the Lord. Therefore, it is said, even as Nimrod, the mighty hunter before the Lord. And the beginning of the kingdom of his kingdom was Babel, and Ekrat and Kakad and Kalneth in, in the land of Shinar. Out of the, that land went forth Asher and built Nineveh and the city of Rehoboth and Kelah and risen between Nineveh and Kelah, the same as the great city. And Mizraim begat Ladim, and Anadmin, and Lehadbim, and Nephtuhim, and Pothrusim, and Kasluhim, out of whom came the Philistine, and Gathtorim, and Canaan begat Sidon, his firstborn, and Heth, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites, and the Gergesites, and the Hiphites, and the Arachites, and the Shinite, and Avgal, Arvadnite and Zemanite and Hamathite, and afterward were the families of Canaanites spread abroad. And the border of the Canaanites was from Sidon, which comes to, to Gerah, unto Gaza, as it goes in, unto Sodom and Gomorrah and Adma and Zebulim, even the Laksha. These are the sons of Ham, after their families, after their tongues, in their countries and in their nations. Unto Shem, also the father of all the children of Eber, the brother of Japheth, the elder, even to him were children born. The children of Shem, Elam, Asher, Arphaxad, and Lud, and Aram. And the children of Aram, Uz, Hul, Gether, and Mash, and Atherachad begat Selah, and Selah begat Eber, and unto Eber were born two sons. The name of one was Peleg, for in his days was the earth divided, and his brother's name was Joktan. And Joktan began, begat Almadad, and Sheleth, and Hezareveth, and Jarah, and Hadaram, and Uzal, and Dikthal, and Ubla, 
and Abinadel, and Sheba, and Uphar, and Havalah, and Jobah. All these were born unto sons to Joktan. And their dwelling was from Mesha, as you go down from Sephar, the mountain of the east. These are the sons of Shem, after their families, after their tongues, and all the lands, and after their nations. These are the families of the sons of Noah, their generations, in their nations. And by these were the nations divided in the earth after the flood. And that was a fun chapter to read, of course. This is one of these chapters that I know that most people, when you get to this, you go, okay, all these sons, and go to the next chapter. <laughs> um, but we're going to spend just a few minutes on this because this is actually a statement of what's happening before the Tower of Babel. And, but this is going to tell you where each of the sons and their families went to. And I want to spend just a few minutes on it because as you're reading through the Bible, you're going to, you're going to find these places named. You're going to see that there's a, a prophecy for Joktan, and you might want to know where Joktan is. You'll find that there's a prophecy about Gog, and you might want to know where Gog is. You know, Jonah ran off to Tarshish. Have you ever tried to figure out where Tarshish is? You know, it's mentioned here, and we know where it's at, and we're just going to spend a moment. I'm going to point them out. I don't expect anybody to really remember <laughs> all of this. But I just want you to know, when you read these names in the Bible, there are places we know who they are, and we know which family they came from Noah. So we're going to take just a moment. i got my fancy little pointer here. Um, what we see here is... For this, we see Japheth up here. Japheth's people basically went north into Europe and through Russia. Okay, so uh, most of us being European born in this room have come from Japheth's family, most likely. <laughs> Ham's fa family basically went into Africa and some of the middle, quite a bit of the Middle East, they have places. Shem's family, right there. <laughs> they stayed in the Middle East. All right, so we just want to kind of look at this, and so when you're reading through, and I'm, like I say, this is going to be academic, I hope it's not too dry, but we're just going to give you some knowledge. Uh, what the first child they mentioned for Japheth is Gomer. Gomer is right here, he takes most of Europe, so most of us are probably from the, tri the family tree of Gomer and Japheth. Magog is right there. So when you're reading about Magog and you get into the Old Testament, Magog is basically Russia from the steppes east. <laughs> okay, they don't, and the, the Russians from that side of the world would be probably part of Gomer. So that'll help you out, hopefully. <laughs> Gog is right there where the Caspian, I can never say that word. There's a mountain range there, <laughs> Caspian range. And down into Iraq would be Magog. Um, Media is basically this right over here. The Medial Persian Empire is what they're going to become in their, in their day. They're going to be one of the ones that come and conquer over e Israel and become a, na a great nation. Uh, when you read Joktan, Greece. <laughs> It'll be in Greece. When you read Tubal, he's... Uh, right there in, in eastern uh, Turkey. And Mesha and Tyrus are all right there in that same, same area. They're part of Turkey. And um, we look at uh, Elifaf is right, Sicily, right there, <laughs> Sicily. And Tarshish, 
way over there in Spain. <laughs> the, the southern part of Spain is where Tarshish is. Uh, they are definitely one of the seafaring countries that you go into. Kitten, right there in Cyprus. And Daltamin is right there in Sicily. Or not Sicily, excuse me, Crete. <laughs> so just when you start reading through these places, you kind of now can know if you're talking about anything in Europe <laughs> and Turkey, you're probably talking Japheth's family and you can know these names. Now, if you're, unless you're taking lots of notes, I don't expect you to memorize all of this, but just know that when you're reading these places out, they're real places, <laughs> and we do know where they're at. Uh, there's a lot of people who will try to tell us that Gog and Magog are not belonging there, but online you can find maps from the 1400s and the 1200s, and they have Gog and Magog right there. <laughs> so unless they were very confused by the 1200s, we know exactly where those places are. And it always talks about Gog and Magog being north of Israel. There's Israel. Go straight north and you end up with Gog and Magog. <laughs> it's not a question of, of where they're at. Um, Ham's family. The biggest one you're going to read in the Bible is Cush. Cush is Ethiopia for all practical purposes. <laughs> um, then we look at uh, Siba, which is moving up north of Ethiopia, kind of between Ethiopia and Egypt. We got Put, or put is how it's normally in, is Libya. It is the country of Libya today. Canaan, right there in the promised land. They're the ones, remember last week we talked about Canaan's son, uh, Ham's son Canaan being cursed. And his families are going to live in there. And as you saw that whole, they don't show all of them, but that talks about the Jebusites and the Hittites and the Amorites and all the otherites that we talk about all the time when we get into the promised land. Those are, that's why when I got to that section, it, it reads so easy because those words I know. <laughs> we talk about those ones all the time, the Girgashites and the Jebusites and all those other ites that live there. Um, Mizram is another name for Egypt. When, you, when you're reading the scriptures, you'll see the word Egypt. Mizram will also be Egypt. So... Um, and then many of his sons, I'm just going to point them out because I'm not going to go through all their names, but Dekten, Hilavath, Ramath, Sheba, Sapta, Assyria, uh, Nimrod is going to come from that. And we're going to talk more about Nimrod next week because he's a very important character in this list of, of stories. And he is the founder of, of the Tower of Babel. So we're going to talk about Nimrod next week because of his, his part and then the other one that they mentioned in here, if you remember that long list, was Peleg. said that in that day, Peleg, the world was divided. So we'll talk about Nimrod and Peleg next week as we talk about the Tower of Babel. So, but we just want to see, show you some of these. Uh, Ludan, sometimes you'll see the word Ludim, and that's also part of Libya. Uh, some of the, some of the uh, things we'll talk about that. Um, so that's Ham's family, and it, Ham's is basically in Africa, a little bit of south, the southern parts of uh, the Middle East, and mostly all dark-skinned from him, which probably means that Ham was dark-skinned out of the three sons of, of uh, Noah. And remember, we've talked about this. We're all one race. We're all one, you know, the human race, and the color is really not a dividing thing because we're all one family, which is why for Christians, the color of the skin should be totally irrelevant. Because we all have the same genes. We all have at least two grandparents in the ancient day that we know. And one would be Adam and Eve. And the other one would be Noah. 
and one of his three sons. <laughs> may or may not know which three of the sons, but we're related to at least Noah and Adam, and Noah's wife and, and Eve. So we just, I want to throw that in because that's important for us. As Christians, we should not be having prejudice based upon the color of skin or even nationality for that matter, though that might be a little more important with nationality because it has different ways of thinking and doing things. But God says, Paul told us in, in the New Testament, we're all one blood. We're all one blood. We're Adam's race. We're all of the same underneath we all have the same attitudes we all have the same sin nature so we need to be careful of judging people by what they look like which kind of takes us back to the song I was reading we're created the way God wants us to be created and we've got to keep that in memory all the time God has a reason for what he's done he's got a reason for how he's brought us up he's got a reason for what the strengths he's given us and he's got given us a reason for the weaknesses that we have there are people that I could never share the gospel with because they would look at me and say, well, who are you? What do you know about what I've gone through? There's other people that I can reach and some of you would never be able to communicate with because they'll look at you and say, well, you just don't have enough education to, to talk to me. You know, you don't have anything, you know, which is really sad if they go that way because it's, I've heard some really wonderful things from people who do not have education and they can understand some, th some things of the depth of God in an amazing way. But we all do that to some degree. We go, well, I'm just, you know, this is not the person I want to talk to or this is whoever. But, you know, our weaknesses also help us to be able to witness to somebody. There are certain people that I would never be able to witness to because they will go, well, you've never understood the power of alcohol or drugs in a life. And they're right. But, you know, one thing I know, the power of sin in life. And sin is sin. Whether, no matter what it is, the answer is still the same. And it takes God to deliver us from whatever sin we're in, whatever sin we're in. Because everybody has a sin that can grab hold of them and trip them up. Very important to understand that. Some people, it's out in the open and seen by everybody. You know, they get drunk and everybody knows they're drunk. Some people have just so much bitter anger in their heart and they may be able to keep it under control, but basically they've committed murder in their hearts several times and it constantly comes up. And every once in a while flares out and you see their anger. That's just as bad as these other things that people don't see. And it's just as devastating, just as terrible. And every sin has an addictive characteristic to it. People who lie all the time, they get very addicted to it and they just, they feel good. It gives them a rush that they got away with another lie. The people believe them, they think. But you know, when, so, you, you know when you're around somebody who lies all the time, you just get to the place where you just don't believe anything they're telling you. They could be telling you the truth of what happened and you're not going to believe it because they've lied so much to you and you just, nope, nope, not interested. So all sin has this addictive nature to it that has to be taken care of by God. He has to crucify our flesh. This is why one of my favorite verses is Galatians 2.20. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but the faith in the Son of God lives in me. We live because of him. He is the one that gives us power to get over sins. And you know what? We'll never be perfect. Sorry to disappoint you. If you thought somehow you were going to be perfect, you'll never be perfect. Which is pretty good because that allows us to be, have patience with others that aren't perfect. Because if I really understand that I'm not perfect, 
then how can I judge everybody else who's also not perfect? We need to keep that in mind. Now we're going to look at Shem's family. Uh, Shem's family stays right there in basically the promised land area. Elam is going to be right here to the east of Babel. Right there, Elam. There's Babylon, right on the Tigers and Euphrates. Asher is, Assyria is going to be here. Asher is going to be here. Nineveh is going to be right up there as the capital of Assyria in the, in the future. We've got Asher, who is actually right here, basically in Iraq. You've got Aphelux, which is right here. He's going to be just above Babylon. You've got Lud, or Lud, <laughs> in the southern part of Turkey. Um, you've got Amran, who's also going to be right here. He's going to be uh, in the Assyrian area. You've got Uz. That should sound familiar if you know that Abraham came out of the city of Uz. It's right there near Babel. We can't see it because they got the great big tower of Babel stuck over, <laughs> over Uz. Uh, Gether is here. There's another one of Uz. And Joktan, which is back over here. Uh, different Joktan, excuse me. Southwest. Joktan. <laughs> and Shalek. So his, the people of Shem are going to stay in the promised land area. Many of them are going to be the sons of Eber. And we're going to talk about Eber in chapter 11. Because uh, Eber is kind of an interesting character. But I hope this wasn't too boring. But just to get you some idea of where these places are. When you're reading in the Bible and God says, And uh, Mizraim came up to support Assyria, you'll go, okay, well, I, you'll kind of get this idea that Mizram is another name for Egypt. All right? If you read about Cush, and in the Bible, we read about Cush frequently. <laughs> okay, you're going to read about Cush frequently. Just remember, Cush is in Ethiopia, or is Ethiopia. Uh, there's verses on Joktan, so you know that he's talking about Greece. So just keep some of these in your mind. Uh, I can provide the link to this map because it's somebody else's and I can't post it or give it out, but maybe I can print some out for you. But it's very important just to kind of know these things so you know when you're reading the Bible, who and where is this place? Because nothing's worse than reading, you know, we read these names like, well, gee, I don't know where that is. Somebody, somebody's going to do something to somebody else and I don't know where any of these places are. And it keeps you from fully understanding Scripture when you don't, have at least some idea, some idea of where these places are. And this is called the Table of Nations by, by people, by scholars, and we're finding out as, as sociologists and archaeologists go around and find out, they're finding out that just those are the people that lived in those areas. And uh, so just kind of keep this in mind that it's uh, very complex, I know, reading these names that make no sense to us. You know, we'd rather read Peter, John, <laughs> Uh, James, uh, Adam, you know, <laughs> Nathaniel, people, names we, names we know, but unfortunately we're stuck with these words that are from the Old Testament and from, from older language, and they could have probably transferred some of them and said, well, they, this is this place and that place, but then they would have de deviated from what it is and they'd have to have changed every place where that name was used. So I just want to keep that in mind, but again, remember, only God can change us. But we are all really just one flesh. One group of people 
that are out there, all descendants of Adam and Eve, which means that we're sinners. The only one that wasn't a sinner that was born was Jesus, and that was because he was virgin born. He did not get the sinful nature inherited from man, because man is the one that transmits the sinful nature. And again, if you remember way back when we studied Genesis chapter 3, why is that true? Because Eve was tricked and man, Adam, decided to sin. Therefore, he holds the greater responsibility for the sin that he had created. He also was the head of the human race. And as the head of the human race, his sin influenced the entire human race. Just as anybody who's the head of anything, a family, a church, a government, the head has greater responsibility than anybody else within the organization because they are the one who's in charge and God's going to say, what did you do? Father, how did you treat your families? How did you train your, your families to walk in God? How did you treat your wife? Why did you not let them, why did you let all these bad things happen to them without defending them as the father? That's the way God will be judging for families. If you did a bad job as a family, as a father or what, as a leader, then repent and have it put under the blood and go, God, I'm sorry, help me redeem the time with my family. Goes again, back to the song. God can make everything new and give us a brand new way of looking at things. And only he can do that. So we're going to close in prayer here. Lord, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity just to look at where all these different places are, Lord. And, but also, Lord, that you are the one that makes things new. Lord, if there's anybody in this room that needs to know you, we ask that they've come to you today. Admit that they're a sinner. Admit that they deserve punishment and just ask for your gift to come in of salvation to be part of who they are, that they can be in you. And Lord, if there's anybody that is listening to this message online or anywhere else that has done that, we ask that they contact a church, whether it's our church or any church, and get started in walking with you correctly. And we just thank you in your son's precious name. Amen.